How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Deep Zone Pod, bringing you up-to-date sports talk news from around the NBA, NFL with hot topics, trade news, playoff and draft discussion, debates, you name it, we got you covered. Unfiltered with hot takes on your favorite teams and players, some you're going to like, and, well, others not so much. The Deep Zone Pod has you covered for all your hot sports news. Just remember, the shit's unfiltered. How's it going, everybody? We got a big episode on tap for you today. Got a new voice, but not a guest this time. Just a third brand of the machine here at the Deep Zone Podcast. Uh, he goes by the name Tavon. Be a regular here, expecting to kind of be hosting some as we move forward. It's kind of be trading off here and there and just just have fun with it. Um, I'll let him kind of introduce himself. How are you doing, Tavon? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Tavon right here. We're going to be doing a lot of things today for the NFL, man. I can't wait to basically join on with these two guys and get started on these NFL talks. We got a lot to talk about, man. I can't wait. Yeah, we got a few, few, we got a few fun games on tap, like you said. And uh, I mean, before we get into those, we'll introduce a third mind right here. And that's Mark. You guys heard him before a few times. So how are you doing tonight, Mark? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. A little sleepy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty late. We're recording here pretty late. It's 12 o'clock on the West Coast, 3 o'clock on the East Coast for these guys. So bear with us a little bit, but we'll just jump right into it. Um, the first game we got tonight, or it is uh, the first game we got, is the Patriots and Seahawks. It's going to be, a, I mean, a pretty good matchup. I think the Seahawks, like we discussed on one of our earlier podcasts on the NFL, the Seahawks, we think, are one of the better MS- NFC teams. They're going to be challenging the Niners for the NFC West title and possibly for the NFC crown. I mean, they looked great. They, they added a safety with uh, Jamal Adams, and it's been instant, instant impact. He's talked about being a little injured this week, but I think Tavon will kind of get into that. I think he's expected to play. Obviously, the Patriots are a little different right now with Cam Newton, a little bit different uh, just offense in general. I mean, obviously, Tom Brady, the slow, just sloth behind center, and then you got Cam Newton making plays by himself and all that. So it's a whole different kind of scheme here. But, I mean, just right off the bat, like I kind of touched on, just Cam versus Russ, I mean – are we kind of seeing Russ as an MVP candidate this season as we kind of expect the Seahawks to be one of the better teams in the NFC? Are we expecting Russ to be that MVP this year? Uh, yeah. One of you guys can do something. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think Russ will definitely be top three for the MVP candidate. Um, you know, I think he is always underrated. I think I've seen Bill Belichick saying he's, you know, one of the most underrated players and is the most underrated player in the NFL, and I have to agree. I feel like – you know, everybody talks Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, Brady still. And I think people forget how good Russ is. Uh, personally, I think Russ is right now the second best quarterback in the league behind Mahomes. And I think he will definitely look to lead the Seahawks team, newly Seahawks team, with adding Jamal Adams. Uh, and I think they will look to make a strong playoff push. And like you said, challenge the 49ers in the NFC this season. Definitely for me, I, I feel as though Russell Wilson is on his way to definitely um, being MVP this season, 100%. The man has been proven time and time again, no matter how bad the roster he has been or um, whatever deficiency the offense has or um, whatever he needs to get through, the Seahawks offense always going to be a well-oiled machine with him on under center or just basically him taking snaps. Um, he basically showed that last season how he basically played. Um, and I, it's always, it's always going to be Seahawks. Anytime you think about the Seahawks, it's always going to be Russell Wilson, how he basically proves his team and how he basically leads his team on the offensive end. So definitely MVP candidate for sure. And especially this year, um, with all the weapons that he has. 
Yeah, like you said, I think those weapons are just a lot this year, and especially just the running games is a little down, and they've been a team that kind of, like, yeah, our guest Sean kind of discussed it. Uh, the Seahawks aren't really going to be probably running the ball as much. They definitely will try, but they don't really have that many real talent there at the position, so they're trusting on Russ. I mean, just look at week one. He was 31 for 35 with four touchdowns and no picks. I mean, just over the last two seasons, not counting this year, he's he's got literally 66 touchdowns and 12 interceptions passing. Like, the guy's. Like you guys said, he's a top three quarterback in the league and he's going to be in the MVP discussion, in my opinion, as well. And as long as the Seahawks make the playoffs and are a top team in the NFC, I don't really see any other QB in the NFC kind of competing with him right now. It's just maybe Aaron Rodgers, maybe he has that comeback year and just proves everyone wrong. But right now, I think it's it's Russ's job or Russ's MVP to kind of lose right now. That's, that's kind of the Seahawks talk for now. It's kind of moving to the Patriots, kind of. I mean, obviously, it's a whole new team with Tom Brady, as I mentioned before. It's just Cam Newton, just a completely polar opposite quarterback. There, as you saw week one, he ran in two touchdowns. I'm not sure Tom Brady had many games where he ran two touchdowns in as a Patriot really ever. But, <laughs> I mean, first game, I mean, McDaniel is having fun with his weapon, and he showed off. I'm not sure it's sustainable throughout the season. Obviously, he's had his injury concerns. But if he's going to go out there and just kind of provide that spark, it's going to be tough for defenses to kind of – just even game plan. I mean, everyone always says like, he's the toughest QB to game plan in the NFL, no matter what, if he's healthy. And right now he's healthy. So, I mean, I see the Patriots as a threat as, as right now, but what do you guys see as their offense? At least do you guys see their offense kind of scheme, just kind of keeping up. Do you guys think it can stay dominant throughout the season or is it kind of going to tail off? For me with Cam Newton being under center, it creates a, and, opens up a lot of things that Josh McDonald's, or McDonald's want to do on his playbook because uh, the simple fact of the matter is that Cam Newton is can basically scramble. He can basically create with his feet, can create extra yardage. Not only that, you got already enough players that in Belichick's system, he uses anything in any way possible to gain yardage, gain an advantage, whether it be elements, um, quarterback ability, or even last year was Muhammad Sanu when he's basically taking some snaps at quarterback and basically doing some trick plays. He finds ways to basically get that offense going, find some creativity. And I think with Cam Newton, it just adds on to it. Just another threat to basically come out the backfield. It has a thrower or he just even has a runner just in general. You basically have multiple ways of um, getting down the field whether you want to use Cam Newton as a runner and get um, get extra yards, make him like a primary um, runner, or if you just want to do some trick plays and basically have him throw a deep ball down the field, he has the receivers, he has the talent that's on his team to do that. And I think it, it just opens up more in the playbook compared to a more older Tom Brady where you, you just can't really do much besides, you know, how to put him in center and hope, hope for the best that he can make the best throw, which he is most of the time. But, Again, Cam Newton just has that advantage. For so sure. my question to you would be, um, I, I definitely I definitely agree that he makes him more explosive in the short term, but I mean, Cam's 30-plus now. I mean, do you actually think this can stand 16 games or is this really not sustainable? Because, I mean, I'm kind of just playing devil's advocate. I think it's going to be exciting. I, I don't even personally know if it's going to last 16 games. I think there's some question marks for sure. Cam missed all last year with the injuries and stuff. So do you think, they're going to have some trouble as they kind of see some more tape and stuff with defense seeing them. Well, for me, I think it's like the shoulder is like the shoulder injury been passed with, um, with everything. Cause he's been dealing with that shoulder injury for almost seasons beyond season, even with the Panthers. 
Um, last year, he finally had a full, true resting spot where you can just, you know, rest on the shoulder. You don't have to do much. You don't have to do too much or whatever to his shoulder. And now he has, a, you know, the confidence to come back with the Patriots, new team, new attitude and whatever, healed up his body and everything to, you know, do whatever. Um, injury is going to come in the NFL. That's how it is. But I think when you dis- discuss in Cam Newton, especially, he's one probably one of the toughest quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I wouldn't doubt that he can play a full um, a full season. I would not doubt it at all. For sure. I can definitely see it. How are you seeing that, Mark? Do you think it's going to last? Yeah, I definitely think it's going to last. Like uh, Tavon said, I definitely like the Patriots. Uh, I feel like there's a new reju- rejuvenance of the offense because I think they can be more creative. Um, you know, they, they got the running ability with Cam Newton, not the the backfield, something they've never had with Tom Brady, other than the one-inch QB sneak. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, you could see some weird things where uh, Edelman will get a pass from Cam Newton and then throw it back to Cam Newton. Um, you'll see, uh, you know, obviously read options and, and direct QB runs, as you've already seen in the first week against the Dolphins. Um you know, they'll get the screen game going with James White. Obviously, I think they're going to try to be a run-first team, uh, like most Cam Newton teams are. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, this offense is sustainable, and I think it's only going to get better with time. I just trust in Bill Belichick. That's what it comes down to. I think the dude's the greatest coach of all time. Uh, I've always felt like that. You got to give Tom Brady his credit, but even they were – they moved – they, they moved fine without Tom Brady before. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo, they were respectable with um, Matt Castle. Yeah, Matt, Matt Castle. Castle. Yeah, Matt Castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went like 10-6 and six one season with Matt Castle when Tom Brady was out with the torn ACL. So I, I expect nothing new. Cam Newton's definitely better, more talented than Garoppolo and uh, Matt Castle, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think this offense is definitely uh, sustainable. Yeah, I, like I said, I'll keep agreeing. I, I I think there's definitely sustainability here. I'll I'll definitely question a little bit though. Just as I said, just this Cam Newton. There's definitely some question marks with the with the health there. But a good point Tavon made was he had a whole year off last last year, and the arm looked healthy this year. And if the arm is be healthy, you can trust his legs at least for the time being. And that year off is going to be huge for a guy like him. Just having that full year off of rest is big for a guy who's taken that many big hits in his career. But just finish off this game, just real quick. Who do you guys got? Who do you guys got winning? Uh, myself, I'm gonna take myself. I'm gonna take the Seahawks. I think it's gonna be a close game. The Patriots are gonna go in the in the uh, in the Seattle and play a tough game. I think there's just gonna be a little too much. Russ is gonna go out there. He wants to show. He just said himself. He's the best QB in the NFL. He's out to prove a point this year, I think. And I think the Seahawks are gonna get on a little run here early. How are you feeling, Tavon? I honestly think Seahawks win this one by probably. And if I had to say like a scoring margin or margin or whatever, i say, like, at least by a touchdown or probably, like, 10 points or so. I think the Seahawks' defense has been rejuvenated with Jamal Adams. They've been playing hell of really good. I mean, uh, when I see him on the field, they, they've been playing like they have a sense of purpose, you know, compared to all the other seasons where Seahawks' defense will wander here and there and then the offense has to pick up. I think things have finally changed with Jamal Adams being there for sure. Okay, how about you, Mark? Um, I think this is going to be a very, very sloppy offensive game on both sides. 
because I think both teams' defenses are really good. We just talked about the Patriots' offense. Uh, can't forget about their defense. Bill Belichick's a defensive-minded coach, and I just think this is going to be a sloppy offensive game from both sides, and I could see a final score of 17-10, to 10, but the Seahawks will win. So we're all clearly on the Seahawks right now. As we said earlier, we think they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC, so maybe we're wrong. This is probably what happens when we all think one way. It's probably when you're wrong. So I would go put all your money on the Patriots, but we'll see how the game plays out tomorrow night. Moving on to the next game, we're going to hit the, the, the uh, Ravens and Texans and I just killer QB matchup between – there's not much else to say. That's the story of the matchup. Lamar versus Watson, two of the better QBs and young QBs at that in the NFL. And just electric as hell. I mean, they're just super fun to watch. Lamar, I mean, not much really to s- explain about that. It's just you watch and you just got to sit back and just admire it. It's just awesome to f- and fun to watch. Watson going back to college, I've just been – Sold on this guy as a franchise QB, been able to just go against good defenses, just have that heart, have that just gut, and just everything you want from a franchise quarterback. I'll say it now. I I don't care what happens in his career. By the time he's retired, he'll have a Super Bowl. It's not going to be now. It's not going to be soon. He's definitely got some ways to go with that team and that coach. That coach is pretty fucking stupid, in my opinion, but that's a whole other story. Um, I mean... I'll just kind of jump right into it. Lamar versus Watson. Who are you guys taking? Who are you, who's your favorite player or not favorite player? Who, who you're taking kind of in the future. If you had to build your team around one, who are you taking? Mark, I'll go with you first. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm taking Deshaun Watson. Um, if there's one guy I can go into war with a foxhole, I'm going and I want to come out of that foxhole. I'm going with Deshaun Watson. Like you said, uh, he's, it's just something he has where, I feel like if I go onto the football field with that guy, I don't care if we step out there with the Texans versus the damn NFC Pro Bowl team. I feel with Deshaun Watson, I got a chance to win the game. Now, are we going to win the game versus the NFC Pro Bowl team? Hell no. But I feel like with Deshaun Watson, I got a chance. It's just something about that guy. And I, I just think, I, I'm i going to say, I think Lamar Jackson, Fucking stakes. <laughs> God damn. Just let it out of dude. I mean you can't just leave it at there. You gotta you gotta let it go a little bit more. I, I personally just think, you know, he's a gimmicky read option quarterback. You know, he could throw the ball a little bit, you know, to tight ends. Uh I'd like to see him, you know, complete more than, you know, you know, five, six passes a game to receivers, but you know, neither here nor there. It just looks good. You know, because they win regular season games because they're a front-running team because they run the ball and they get the lead and they continue to run the ball and they continue throwing these easy passes to the tight ends. But whenever the, t- the Ravens have to play from behind, Lamar Jackson's just pretty much got shit running down his leg. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, are you going to let him just kind of talk about Lamar like that, Tavon? Are you kind of on the Lamar uh, train here or what? I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think if you're talking about whoever quarterback is for whatever team, not the basis on how Lamar Jackson's with the Ravens or Deshaun Watson's with the Texans, if you had to tell me you pick a quarterback right now to this day, no matter how the team is shaped up, I'm picking Deshaun Watson. But if you're telling me I have a full offensive line and um, some weapons to basically go around it like the Ravens have right now, I'm definitely going Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson – Basically, his 
talent, his basically his speed, the ability to basically make plays on the run, uh, abilities to basically, you know, throw the even as Mark said, throw the ball a little is enough to basically get some talent down the field and, you know, get some plays, get some big plays down the field. And you already got a, a big ability already with his legs, um, ability to look off defenders and basically get out to the open field, whether to run or whether to pass. I, I think that's a big thing that a lot of people were missing. But again, if I had to pick a quarterback that can basically give me what I need to get the W, definitely I'm going to Sean Watson, like, like um, Mark said, but um, Lamar Jackson, I don't think should be uh should be completely downgrade or completely say he's overrated. I don't think so. But um, based off his team, though, for sure, I, I think Deshaun Watson obviously is the better quarterback for sure. Yeah, like I said in the beginning, I think he's a better all around quarterback. You gotta you gotta give him that. Like he's a better passer. He just an all around just better QB. Lamar's obviously I would say the better playmaker at this point, but I don't think Deshaun's that far off. Once this guy just gets a chance, I mean. Just give this full a chance. He, yeah, he has he's got some weapons, but that team just built like, very strange. I don't like I said, if you flip um both of them around, I think it would be a completely different story. Like I think Ravens actually go into a higher standard. Like they would go and probably go to the AFC championship, possibly even Super Bowl. So you don't you don't think Lamar's capable of taking the Ravens that deep? Uh I think he I think he probably, like, once he learns more and, you know, gains, he possibly have a chance, but I don't see it right now. I, I don't see it with the current roster with the team. I think they're a great regular season team. They have a really good defense. They have a really good offensive line. It'll help him out, especially in his young career. But I just don't see it right now. I'm sorry. So do you think he just has to get better, or is it something they're kind of lacking as a team? I think he just got to get better. I mean, he's good. Right now he's doing a good job especially, but when it comes to pressure moments, especially playoff time, I just don't see him performing. And especially when your team, like like um, Mark said, when your team is down and you really need uh, your playmakers to basically make a play, I don't think he's that type of guy to do what is needed for his team to basically win the game. Now, with Deshaun Watson, we've seen it plenty of times. But when we saw Lamar Jackson, you never see it. So... Yeah, Watson's done it going back to college. I mean, against Bama, some of the better defenses we've seen in college football history. I mean, national championships in the college football playoff, he's done it. He's on the biggest stage. He's, he can do it. I mean, next question will just kind of be, I guess, kind of just Lamar Jackson related again. I mean, how are they going to, the Texans, how are the Texans defense going to kind of slow down the Ravens' high-powered, speedy offense? Like, they just went up against the Chiefs last week, and, I mean, they had a tough time last week. So, they're going up against virtually the best two offenses in football week one, week two off of a no preseason kind of season. So, <laughs> I mean, how do the Texans kind of deal with this? Uh, to me, while it is about their defense, I think it's more so about the Texans offense in order to me to slow down what the Ravens like to do, which is run the ball. You know, it's, it is high power. They do put up a lot of points, but it's because of how their, their offense opens up when they have the lead. You, as a Texans offense, you have to put up points. You have to look up put up points to put pressure on the Ravens offense. Because if you if you're not consistently scoring or putting together long drives, the Ravens are going to do what they want offensively. Because when they can make you put people in the box to stop their run game, because you're not going to stop their run game with you know a soft six seven in the box, because they can do too much with the read option game. 
you know, they can it off to Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, two power backs that they have, and then you have the speed with Lamar Jackson if he keeps it. And he, you know, he, he is electric in the open field. I do think he's he's shit, but he's an excellent runner of the football. Um, he's pretty much an extra running back that they have because he damn sure isn't a quarterback. Uh, we'll save that. For <laughs> but yeah, if it, it all depends on what to me what the uh, Texans offense does. If the Texans offense is out there just shitting bricks, which is probably a good chance that happens because the Ravens have a good defense. It's just going to be run, 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 pass to Mark Andrews, some random deep pass to Hollywood Brown, then some bullshit slant to Willie Sneed that goes for 25 yards somehow. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of pressures, it's not to me more so on the Texans defense, it's on the Texans offense to control the game. So maybe you'll take us through the uh, Texans defense, Tavon. How are you kind of feeling about that? How are they going to stop the Ravens? I feel as though against the Ravens, it's just more of like when when you know and you're in a pass situation against the Ravens, just basically rely on that pass rush that you've been relying on in plenty of years, especially with the Texans. Let's be honest, Texans secondary has been awfully weak throughout these years, and especially now, even now, it's been especially weak. Um, the Chiefs, especially last week, ran all over the Texans' Um, defense, especially with the rookie running back that they have. And the Chiefs offense has already been high-powered as it is. And now you're going against another high-powered offense, with especially a, a more mixture of a run game. I think they're going to pay more attention to stopping the run game. Obviously, um, you got to play a lot of people in a box. And just hopefully you know like your rush can just get there and get to Lamar Jackson, make sure he's a runner, make sure that he – um, plays the game off his feet um, more story, more importantly than him staying in the pocket um, more than anything because, I mean, if you can at least get him out of the pocket, makes him um, have some way of a, like a pressure throw, make sure that he relies on his tie end mostly, get him slowly down the field, um, I think you have an actual chance of winning. But again, as Mark was saying pretty much um, offensively, right, you will want the Texans to basically make sure they hold on to the ball as long as possible. So that way the defense doesn't get, um, doesn't get bailed out whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. You definitely got to try to stop that stuff. It's their offense is tough to stop in general. I mean, you got to slow down any cost, but as Mark said, you definitely got to score with them too. And you got to try to hold the ball away from them. That's the best offense sometimes or your best defense sometimes is just your offense. I mean, it's crazy as it sounds. You got to put up points to beat these guys. They're just one of the best. But real quick again, just we're going to do it for every game. Just kind of where you guys see this game playing out. Who wins? To me, the Ravens are going to win the game. Uh, the Texans just they're they're just not a, a great unit right now. Obviously, they have Deshaun Watson, but I just think outside of that, they just don't have a bunch of reliable guys. You know, Kenny Stills. You know, they just brought him in last year, but he's been injury prone at receiver. The same with Will Fuller. He has the potential to have, you know, one to two great, great games a season. And then he's probably going to miss the other 14. You know, he's probably going to have a, a clip tone angle, a broken fingernail, <laughs> uh, a headache. He's definitely going to have a concussion. Oh, he's definitely going to have a concussion. Um, and, then the, that, that's in there. and then the same with Brandon Cooks. He's going to have a concussion and his head's going to hurt and – He's going to have an upset stomach, and, you know, he's just going to show up to a game drunk, all that other stuff. These guys are just not, are not reliable <laughs> on the team. 
and on the defense, you know, it's pretty much J.J. Watt and, you know, the boys up the street. I think the Ravens will win the game. Like, ah, shit, they might score 40, uh, 40 to 25. Ooh. Damn. Mm. Okay, so you're feeling blowout. How about you, Tavon? Well, with the injury report right now, Brandon Cooks, um, questionable. Duke Johnson, questionable. Both had limited practice. And Will Fuller right now with a non-injury-related um, injury or whatever. He did not participate in Friday, nor did he show up Wednesday nor Thursday. So it's COVID. It's possible chance they're not playing with – yeah, there's a possible chance they're not playing with Will Fuller. <laughs> uh, and they got pretty Stop. much the two stars on the offensive end besides from Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks, and Duke Johnson possibly out for this game or questionable for the game. It's probably going to be banged up. I have the Ravens winning. Ravens pretty much don't have anybody banged up right now. Um, even from even if the injury report was happening, even if these players were still playing at full health or whatever, Ravens putting up some points, um, definitely against the Texans. Texans defense is, hasn't been there. It hasn't obviously been there for a long time, especially the secondary it's all – I mean, the pass rush is going to be there, especially with J.J. Watt and everything. But, again, the Texans' secondary is just horrendous, and it needs to change. But also with that, too, um, the Texans' offense has not been fine to groove since week one. I, I think they actually um, need that that it wide receiver back, and that, that means the, um, DeAndre Hopkins there are missing him a lot. And, I mean, they, they just cannot get find a groove whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on my point that I was trying to kind of lead, lead into. Not so much that I think that they're desperately missing him. I think they're just desperately figuring, figuring out their way without him because, obviously, ever since the Sean's been in the league, he's had his security blanket with him. Mm-hmm. They've really had to worry about that. I'm not saying that's his rely and that's what he's kind of falling back on, but he's got to figure out his way around it. I mean, like again, no preseason he hasn't really had any games with these guys. First game was against the best team in the league who just won the Super Bowl. The next game is against the next best offense in the league and everyone's next best pick, who everyone for some reason thinks is going undefeated this year, which I don't see is happening. But another another discussion. But yeah, I mean, I think it just takes a few weeks for the Texans to get kind of under this figure, figure out their offense, like you said, and it's going to suck. They're going to be 0-2, but you played two of the best teams in the league, so just hang your hat on that and go forward with that. But yeah, I see Baltimore winning. I think it'll be a little closer, but again, I think it's probably going to be about a seven, ten point game. I don't think it'll be a close game, but it could be a close finish with a late touchdown with a just garbage time touchdown for Watson, but should be a high scoring game. I'm not too worried about the Texans putting up points right now against the uh, Ravens defense. I think they'll be okay. But uh, going to the next game, it's a fun little matchup. Some injuries are missing some, uh, I mean, a high profile player with Mike Thomas, one of the best receivers in the league, if not the best, but we're just kind of, I'm just jump right into it. How do you guys think the Saints are going to kind of figure out how to kind of command their offense? And how do you guys see the offense for the Saints is kind of functioning and just without the presence of Michael Thomas or without Michael Thomas, where is this kind of command of the target show going to go? Who's going to kind of step up? I'll go with you, Mark. This is going to be, to me, more of where you see the Saints get someone like Taysom Hill involved. I think you could see some wildcat packages for Taysom Hill. Uh, run some plays with him and Kamara. Uh, obviously, I think they're going to try to get Jared Cook involved, um, a reliable tight end. They also picked up uh, Emmanuel Sanders this uh, year mm-hmm. on free agency, and I think this is his time to step up. You know, Emmanuel Sanders has been a real reliable receiver throughout his career. 
just coming from San Francisco and Denver. So I think mm-hmm. it's going to depend on a lot like someone like Sanders and Jared Cook. And I do think they're going to sprinkle in more Taysom Hill than usual this uh, this game. And obviously, you know, Kamara, big money man, that's who they just paid. He's going to have to show up. Obviously, he just got paid. So I think it's going time, about time for him to do something and show that he's worth the money he just got. Yeah, you touched on it. He's definitely going to have to kind of prove that not many – I mean, obviously him and uh, Dalvin Cook just got paid, but a lot of teams have been going away from paying the running backs, and two of them just got paid. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on them. And like I said, he's got to start producing, and especially in moments like this, they don't have their best offensive weapon. He's not their best, but right now he is, and he's got to prove he's capable of kind of carrying the load. He's making the money. He's got to prove it, and this is the time. How are you seeing it, Tavon? Uh, for sure, Michael Thomas is going to be missed, um, especially on the field, especially with the type of routes they run. I mean, he obviously runs short routes that gain a lot of rack, but um, I think the Saints will be fine low-key. got Smith, Trick on Smith, still got um, Emmanuel Sanders that's out there, a guy that's been proven in the league and been a reliable receiver, like um, Mark said. They got Kamara. They got a lot of options that they can go with on offensive end, which is the best thing about the Saints team. They literally have other options to go through besides from their main big receiver, and they can hurt you in so many ways. Um, I think I think they'll be fine without him, especially in this type of game where they're not facing a really good defensive team in the Raiders. Um, more importantly, it's a lot of options that you can go with Taysom Hill, like um, Mark said. You can go with other receivers that's out there. Kamara's been a big um, big guy, especially. Um, you can still go out there and basically run routes and still be a pass catcher um, running back. It's a, it's a lot of things that the Saints can throw at you, and I think they'll be fine without uh, Michael Thomas for one week for sure. Yeah, and it's not as if the Raiders have the best defense out there. They should be able to put up some points, but I mean, I'll be honest. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna stop and or not stop their offense, but it's it's gonna put a little damper in their offense, and it might be enough for the Raiders to kind of just have enough. I, I mean, it's obviously not gonna be that exciting because there's gonna be no fans in the stadiums, but it's their first game in Vegas, so I'm sure the players are a little juiced and amped up for it. So I mean, I don't know. I think the Raiders could come out and. I might lead into it now. I might just say it, but I think the Raiders have a chance to upset them here. I mean, I like, I think they have something brewing there. I'm not sold on car, but I think they have a lot of stuff going there. Jacobs is a freaking dog. That dude's one of the better running backs in the league, in my opinion. And they, they have the fucking offense to back it up. They have the low line and they have the running game and the coach who wants to freaking pound that ball. Last year, he didn't even get really full carries and he was one of the most productive backs in the league. And he almost had a thousand yards in his rookie year. And I mean, I'm, I'm sold on Jacobs. I, I, he's he's a fresh back too. He didn't have a lot of carries on him at, at Alabama. I think this kid's gonna be really good for the next few years. I I think he'll be a top of running back by the end of this year. I'm not really sold on Derek Carr. I'm not really sure how you guys are feeling on Derek Carr. Uh, sure, John Gruden's really sold on him either. I mean, ever since he got there, it just kind of feels like it's not his guy. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just kind of reading it wrong. But I'm convinced they're kind of gonna go a different way. Maybe if they have a good year this year, maybe they don't. But what are you guys saying? To me, when you look at the future and wonder if this guy is a franchise quarterback, I feel for me personally, I always ask myself one question. Can I win a Super Bowl with this guy? I like Derek Carr, but my answer is hell no. I cannot win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. So therefore, to me, he cannot be a franchise quarterback. To me, if this guy is going to be the leader of my franchise, 
I have to be able to think this guy can get me to the promised land. He's not getting me to to La La Land. <laughs> he got you to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> As in, they ain't going to no Super Bowl parties or what? They ain't going nowhere <laughs> but staying in Vegas. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. I mean, what do you what do you see in Tavon? Do you think they got a shot? I think um, when you look at Carr, I think you just got to basically evaluate what he's done for the past seasons for Raiders. Um, Carr has been a great quarterback. I feel like he's been a good quarterback for the Ra- um, Raiders. It's just that it's been a lot of deficiencies that the Raiders have been lacking, especially defensive end. Um, especially the offense is built tremendously. I mean, with the um, signing with, well, not even the signing, but the drafting of Henry Ruggs and getting Josh Jacobs being his, being the premier back of the league right now and adding up some few pieces, especially to the old line, getting Richie Incognito and um, getting the other pieces as well. I feel as though the Raiders have that offensive juice and power that Carr can use and basically lead them to certain places. But I think it's just a whole team effort, honestly. I think the defense is the most concerning thing about this Raiders team. I mean, for how long that we know, the Raiders never had a really good defensive team with Carr being the quarterback. And That's true. it's been a long time. So I, I feel as though it's more of just how the team infrastructure. But if you had to tell me, like, the Raiders is a really good defensive team, they're a really good team on paper, and Carr is the quarterback. I, I can see Carr leading them somewhere. I, I I don't know about Super Bowl, but I can see them leading them somewhere for sure. That's fair. I, I think he can definitely get into the playoffs. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback either. I have, He definitely had that huge year back. Uh, I think it was his second year, maybe his third year in the league. But he had a huge monster year that year. But ever since then, it's kind of just step back, step back, step back, and like you said, the team's always been kind of just iffy around him, but he's always had those talent around him on offense, at least. I mean, like you said, he has Jacobs now. He had Amari Cooper back in the day. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sold as a franchise quarterback. I'm not sure he can get past the first, maybe second round of the playoffs with a complete stacked team, but if that's what your max is, it's tough to see him sticking around. And honestly, and I mean, I was about to say Oakland, but I guess now Vegas it's the place he just took him. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be a franchise quarterback, though. It's tough. I mean, when you're in a division with Mahomes, I think you got to shoot for the stars and you got to try to compete with that. And I don't think cars that I think you got to try to compete with the best. And I don't think cars near the best, but it'll lead into her or um, it'll lead into who's who he thinks going to win the game. Uh, who you got Tavon? For me with the Raiders and this team, I mean, Marcus Davenport is out for the saints. Uh, Michael Thomas, as you said, I feel as though the saints still have an advantage no matter what, even though the Raiders going to be fully, um, stack on offense or fully ready to go on offense with everybody basically coming back. The only person they're going to be missing mostly is um, Trent Brown, they tackle, which is not really a big loss. I, I think this is going to be a shootout, low-key. Uh, I think the Saints, Saints defense can, you know, hold their own, but I think the Raiders offense is really good this year, especially how they um, came out week one. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout, but I think the Saints are going to take the W for sure. How about you, Mark? I'm going the complete opposite of Tavon. I think this game is going to be really ugly. Um, I think the Saints are really going to struggle 
with uh, without slant guard Mike. Yes, not can't guard Mike. Slant guard Mike because that guy <laughs> runs literally. See, is is the thing. I wanted to say slant guard Mike, but I was like, he runs very good short routes. See, I wanted to say that, but I didn't want to, you know, impede you. But go yeah. ahead. Uh, yeah, good slant. Solid slant runner against linebackers <laughs> and dusty ass nickel corners. Um, anyways, uh, oh. I think they're going to struggle without him because I think he's a huge part of their chain moving offense. That's the way they play, uh, obviously. And I honestly think the Raiders are going to pull the upset. And I think the final score is going to be 20, yeah. 20 to 17 game winning field goal. By the Vegas Raiders. Oh, baby. <laughs> Get into our listeners' mouths and ears and nails, why don't you, dude? Um, I like it, though. But like I said earlier, I, I My think... ears is bleeding. <laughs> Get used to it, brother. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I, I, I'm feeling it, too. Like I said earlier, I think the Raiders have something in this game. I'm not sure they have something long-term with the season, but I think this is a game they definitely want to win. And without Mike Thomas, it's a game you really got to take advantage of. With Thurman, with Thurman, when any team's missing their top talent on offense, you got to go after them. you got to go – you got to freaking stick it at them. You can't, you can't back down, dude. If this is a game the Raiders just lay an egg, it's – for me, that'll be the end for – almost the end for Carr. If he can't go out there and just produce on offense, yeah, Thomas doesn't play on offense, but this is a big game. This is a game that he needs to go out there and prove himself. And I think Carr knows it, and I think the Raiders know it. And as we've been saying, Jacob is a freaking dog, and that guy's going to go out there, and he's going to get his 25, 30 carries. And I see him getting another two touchdowns. I see the Raiders winning probably, like you said, three, four, three to four points would be a close game. I don't think it would be that high scoring. It will probably be in the 20s, but – I always see the Raiders taking it. Raiders, I guess. I mean, I've never said it in my life, but go Raiders. I don't know. I mean, go Raiders. Uh, we'll move on to the – I don't even know how to pronounce this team's name anymore. Washington football <laughs> team. Is that how you say it? Is that how you say it? I don't know. Yes. Ass. Ass? Is that how you say it? I don't know. I mean – Football team. Yeah, I can. Not any team. Football team. Oh, Not God. any team. The fucking football team. <laughs> Oh man, I we gotta mean it for a second, real quick. How do you name a fucking football team? Fucking football team. You're forced to change your name. And you can't fucking find anything different than football. Team? You can't find a team name that just, fits with Washington. Just pluck a name out of a hat and go with it. Like goddamn, but I, I, that's enough of that shit. I'm not gonna rage anymore. I mean, I, I'm about to rage after this question. Maybe if one of you gives some some crazy answers, but. Let's see. I mean, if you, I'm just going to jump right into this game. Like I said, we got the Washington football team versus the Cardinals. Quick discussion. I mean, Kyler Murray, Chase Young, you're an NFL GM. You got the first pick of the draft. Both are available. Who are you taking? You got a QB. You got a DN. I know most of you are thinking you'd be an idiot for taking the DN, but I mean, Chase Young's a fucking young dude, and that guy is going to get after any quarterback you have. It doesn't matter who you have blocking him, but. I don't know if it's enough to take over Kyler. That dude's freaking a dog on his own right, and he controls the ball. So, I don't know. Maybe you guys have some arguments here. Let's hear it, Mark. So, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, go for, I'll go to you first, Tavon. How are you feeling about that? Uh, for sure, you go Kyler Murray, I mean, being the quarterback. But, I mean, Chase Young, uh, like, the things that he did to the Eagles, man, like, that man literally – Took went to McDonald's, got that Cactus Jack burger, the Travis Scott burger, and literally just went to town on the Eagles, my man. Like, 
I don't know. He's a he's a really good generational talent, man. But obviously, you go Kyler Murray. Um, in this sense, I mean, quarterback is obviously important, like you said. Then over at DN, but Chase Young needs to be considered definitely. I I I have no disagreement with with anybody that says that Chase Young is over Kyle Murray for sure, because that man is gifted for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's only been one game, but like you said, he was he was out there tearing up the Eagles. I mean, I think we all agree the Eagles have their problems. But, damn, dude, that guy was in their ass all fucking night. I mean, there's no really other way to say it. That guy's going to be one of the better pass rushers for the next 10 years. I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do when this team kind of gets going. Washington football team <laughs> gets rolling, and they get into start getting to contention. Because, this, I mean, this division is just iffy at its own, right? But I think they have something to ruin there. I love their defense. Their pass rush is going to be a problem, especially for the Cardinals this game. Cardinals have a terrible O-line and started with Chase Young. They're going to get after Kyler, and they have the athleticism, the speed to get after him. It's going to be a tough game for Kyler. He just did it versus the Niners, but I think this Washington team is pumped and ready to kind of move after a win. Or they won, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're pumped and ready to move after a win, and the Cardinals are as well. But I think it could be a little letdown for them. It's another kind of back-to-back home game. I think Washington could come out pretty hot today. But there's a Kyler pick. Like I, I said, I, I'm expecting QB over DN in most situations. That's kind of what most would expect. I mean, you're probably feeling the same way, right, Mark? I chase the bank. Oh, bank with Chase. Give me Chase Young. I want Chase Young over <laughs> oh, Kyler Murray. Give me Chase Young. God damn. I think this guy is going to be, yes, you ready to hear it? The next Lawrence Taylor. Oh, shit, man. You sure you want to go that deep? About that. This is the guy. You sure you want to go down that road? This is the <laughs> guy. This is the guy. I mean, I'll say you're crazy. But I will say that motherfucker is insane too. And he's one game in and there's no telling what could make of that career. It's tough to say a guy after one game is going to be one of the best of all time as Taylor was. But, but from everything that's, I mean, as they just explained and I've seen and he showed in college, he has that talent. If he can stay healthy, he's got that capability. I'm not going to question it. I wouldn't take him over Kyler though. I just have a hard time taking anything over QB in today's NFL. I, without, without a stud QB, you have no chance of winning. We just went over the discussion with the Raiders. I mean, Derek Carr's an average quarterback in this league, and a lot of us are ready to move on from him because he can't get the job done. And I think you need that QB. I think Kyler can be that. I think he's one of the better QBs, especially young QBs. He's just drafted, and the kid's showing talent better than any really QB in the league. He's Pretty much, it's a, a, a he's virtually what Watson's showing. They're really similar QBs, and they have that same kind of drive that they want to be great and they want to win and they want to prove the world wrong. And I see it. I see him eventually kind of getting the job done. I don't know if it's going to be soon. It's going to be a long time down the road, but I see it happening. Go to his weapon. We talked about it earlier and how that kind of effect happened with DeAndre Hopkins leaving the, leaving the Texans. Here he is. He's with the Cardinals, and he has, I guess, a mini Deshaun Watson, like I just said. He's got the same type of QB with him, just a stud all around. He's his go-to. Kyler was clearly looking his way week one. How is that kind of going to change the whole complexion of the Cardinals offense? And just in general, how's that connection from Hog Murray to Hopkins going to be? Is that the connection we can be looking at as potentially the best in the NFL? Yeah, quarterback receiver-wise, I would think so. Um, 
obviously I think Julio's the best receiver in the league, but I think Hopkins is number two, and I think Kyler's way better than fucking stinky ass Matt Ryan. Um, so yeah, I think that's the best quarterback to receiver combination, <clears throat> and I think uh, it's going to open up the offense for guys like um, Christian Kirk and the future Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald and Kenyon Drake. So yeah, I mean, I think Hopkins also gives um, Kyler that young. Reliable guy. How do you see it going, uh, Davon? Uh, definitely DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray connection is going to be probably the best. It's not one of the best in tandems in the league because of the simple fact that young quarterback and you got this receiver basically moving from the Texans, getting the big money, and he is now your premier wide receiver, and especially he has the – I mean, you already got a legendary wide receiver already. Has he was working with him with Larry Fitzgerald. Now you add in another person that's probably arguably in one of the top, probably by far the top two best wide receivers that's out there. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is shown in and out every game that he can basically put up numbers no matter if he's injured or what. I feel as though Kyler Murray and him is going to instantly connect. They're already connected already in week one. I don't see any problem in the formidable future that the Cardinals offense is going to be a tough foe to face, especially if they add enough pieces around there and work the offensive line. I think this tandem is going to be really good, especially in the Cardinals offense. It's going to be really good in the future. Yeah, I agree. He's going to be one of the better receivers in the league, and he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league for the future to, or for the next foreseeable future, quite honestly. I mean, I don't see it really any other way. <laughs> they're one of the better players at each position and they're going to grow together. It's just as simple as that. They have an offensive mind coach and he's going to find ways to get him the ball and put them in great situations. Moving on to the other team's quarterback. I'm just going to leave him as the other team at this point. Dwayne Haskins, future of the other team. Or do we see Ron Rivera kind of going another way? He kind of got handed this QB there was talk he might not even start him right away. He was kind of just – maybe it was just coach talk, but I don't know. I, I feel he might not be his guy. I'm sold on Dwayne Haskins personally, but I don't know. How are you guys feeling? Do you think they're going to go another way, or do you think Dwayne's the guy? I honestly feel as though, like, Dwayne – I'm not sold on Dwayne Haskins yet. I okay. need to see a little bit more. Um, I've seen that he has the leadership, right? You can, you can see that automatically. You can see it from last year's tapes and whatever – and when you go down the matchup, the, the guy is full leadership. He, he knows how to command the team. He knows what he has to do to get things done, right? When it comes to play, um, I, I only see it in week one. I've seen what he, what he can do, um, obviously, but I don't, th- I don't think he has that power to take over a game. Like, he can basically take over a game, has QB and whatever. I don't see it as of yet. Obviously, he's young. I understand Washington um, – Washington football team. I'm not going to say the other team because they always get me distracted. But the Washington football team never really had anything to protect them in the first place. They never really had much options with him in the first place as well or to give him any options as well. Um, I, I can see Haskins turn into something, but right now I'm, I'm kind of iffy on him. I'm kind of undecided if he is a, a franchise quarterback or – Anything that the Red, I'm, oh my God, the Washington football team. It's is tough, man. It's tough. <laughs> it's a tough name to keep saying. I'm not used to it either, but 
Yeah, I, I like I said, I'm a fan of Haskins. I think he can be a guy. I think he just needs time. I think he just needs time. The coach said it, or Coach Urban said it when he came out of uh, college. He didn't think he was ready. I think he needs time. I'm not sure if you see the same way, Mark. I know you were a fan of Haskins coming out of college. I know you thought he was one of the better QBs kind of coming out. I'm not sure you're still sold. You can kind of let us know now. When's the last time you seen a Buckeyes quarterback be good in the, in the NFL? I can't tell you. I can tell you they'll be looking for a QB sooner than later. <laughs> Your opinion's changed on them or what? Yeah, he's uh, he can hang it up. It's curtains. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. Short, short and sweet. Now, solo. Fair enough. I mean, I can't argue with that analysis. If that's all you got, <laughs> he ain't got it. He ain't got it. I'll be the one on the on the show to kind of hold the Haskins train. I think he still can show it. I think he's just going to be a slow builder, but they got a whole young team for him to build with. We'll see. It might not be with the Redskins, but it'll be somewhere. I think he's going to be a QB in the NFL somewhere, but last question, who wins Washington football team or the Cardinals? Tavon? I got, um, I'm pretty sure Mark is going to go to the complete um, opposite, but I'm just going to hope and pray. I got this run right, but I got the Washington football team against the Cardinals this, um, this week. You're not hoping and praying, brother. I'm with you, too. Make our case right now. I think Chase Young wreaks havoc against the Cardinals. Um, offense, I mean, especially um, last week with the Cardinals when they faced off against – who they faced off against? I'm sorry. It's who? The Cardinals. Cardinals played Niners. Play the Niners. They pretty much um, find ways to basically get in the game. Obviously, Jimmy G um, basically hand grabbed and delivered mm-hmm. that game completely. Mm-hmm. I think in this case, right here, the Washington football team, they have, um, even though Haskins is still, in my case, still undecided, I think they have enough offense and enough defense to basically get the push to win the game, especially. Um, how the pass rush got in for Washington football team against the Eagles, who has a really good solid all-line in the case. I, I feel as though with the Cardinals, we're having no line. I, I just feel as though they're just going to wreak havoc. Now, again, that's not to say Kyle Murray is not going to put up a good game or anything. I just feel as though it's, he's just going to be running for his life. And that's the worst possible scenario that you want for your young quarterback, and especially with um, – with only, you know, his second year in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, like I said, you made our case. I think it's the same thing. I think their pass rush is one of the better ones in the NFL, quite honestly, already. They're young, and they have a ton of athleticism out there, speed, just strength. I told Mark when they drafted Chase Young, this team's – I'm sold on the, on the Washington. I thought they were one of the better teams just on defense, and if Haskins can turn out to be good, they have a ton of talent. They have some talent at running back, too, with Gibson now and just McLaurin. They have a lot of good young receivers to work with, so – I'm sold on them. Haskins, don't make me look like an idiot. I'm kind of hoping you don't, but we'll, we'll see. Mark, where are you feeling? Are you going to be the, the bottom man out, like, like a Tavon things? Game goes like this. Cardinals down by four. Fourth and seven. Kyler Murray rolls out the pocket. Sacked by Chase Young. Ball game. Oh, Give me the shit. football team. 
We are all three on the football team out there. All the shit talk on the football team. We're rolling sweep with the football team. Good God. What have we done with our lives? Holy shit. All right. I got nothing else on them. We're moving right to the next game. Falcons and Cowboys. This is a fun one. I mean, two teams that just consistently <laughs> just straight just can't get the job done, quite frankly. They just continuously find ways to just choke just get laughed at, find a way to just not, again, get the job done at the end. They got two QBs who are statistically really strong, but I don't know if they're actually, again, I don't know if they're QBs that you can count on to take you to the promised land. Obviously, Matt Ryan almost did it one year. He didn't. Obviously, the Falcons will get memes right here again. 28-3. 28-3, to and you lose a damn game. I'm not sure how that happened in the Super Bowl, but hey, it happens, and here we are. You're a meme. And the Cowboys, I mean... America's team. I'm not sure what the hell that even means at this point. They've been shit for the last 20 years. So right to the first question. I mean, <laughs> if you had to actually count on one of these teams and QBs to come up clutch late in the game, you can't back out of this. You have to take Matt Ryan and the Falcons, Cowboys and Dak. Which one you got? Uh, I'll be honest right now uh, with these two teams they're they literally both equal up to a escort basically going into your house you pay them whatever you want and they're gonna choke no matter what 100 <laughs> uh, percent. it's it's oh it's it's for both it's for both teams like i i don't know what to really say but if i had to choose one team that's 100 percent is going to give me the value, which escort is going to give me the best value for what I'm going to get, definitely the Falcons uh, Atlanta escort. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of escorts in Atlanta, too. So I'll definitely go Atlanta. Atlanta been choking ever since the Super Bowl run. They can barely, can barely finish out a game as it is defensively or offensively. No matter how much talent they have on this team, it's just never – a winning situation with the Falcons. I don't ever see the Falcons ever get into the game, especially week one Seahawks. Um, basically with the Falcons, the Seahawks pretty much was still in the game somehow, some way Falcons was up at one point. Seahawks come back and take the lead going to the fourth quarter and never look back. They just can't get anything done with the Cowboys last week. They actually got screwed up by uh, um, offensive um Pass interference call, which messed them up. But again, it's also a part of the head coaching from um, McCartney, where basically he went on fourth down, possibly giving them um, a field goal instead of just going forward and fourth down, turning over on downs. So it was more of just, you know, mistakes um, not being made at that point. But I think the Falcons definitely choke way, way worse than the fucking uh, Cowboys for sure. Whew. I can't give any team really of that much of a consideration, but I definitely have my team coming up. How are you feeling, Mark? Both these teams choke. Uh, half my team, half my family is Cowboys fans, so I get to make fun of. That, them. That, that's for good reason. Give give the reason why. At least it's for good reason. Yeah, they're not just dumbass Cowboys fans. Right. Uh, you know, so I get to make fun of them, you know, 50% of the time. You know, it's pretty fun to laugh at them on a consistent basis. But, I mean, if I had to pick one to come up clutch, I mean, I'm picking the Cowboys because, I mean, I'm fucking, I'm not picking the fucking Falcons. I mean, you, you see, the fucking quarterback is, is Matt Ryan. I mean, he's literally a me. He, that guy couldn't hold a lead against the fucking <laughs> Pee Wee football team. 
Oh, baby. I mean, I, again, <laughs> go ahead. You, you don't trust the quarterback from Boston College. That's all I got to say. Mean, you just don't. You know, I don't know. Oh, I'm not going to lie, boys. I might be trusting that motherfucker from Boston College. I'm not gonna mm. lie. I I cannot put my I can't put a fucking dime in the damn piggy bank of fucking Mike McCarthy. That motherfucker has zero fucking talent in his fucking playbook in anything that dude has ever done. How do you have a team of Aaron Rodgers and all that talent and you have the most vanilla playbook? I don't see where's that gonna change with this team? I saw week one. I, I, they have trouble moving the ball, and they have some of the most talented offense in the league. Yeah, it's week one. Maybe it's preseason. Maybe I can chalk out to that. I don't know. At least I can count on the Falcons doing some shit in the regular season. They're probably going to fucking blow it in my face again. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Cowboys are probably going to do the same. Like I said, I can't put my faith in either of these teams. If I had to just go for it, I'm just – I can't put my, put my faith in McCarthy. I thought that was the stupidest signing the Cowboys could have done. I think virtually any other coach could have been better. That's the coach that just can't get the job done, in my opinion. I'm not into that, but it'll go to a next discussion. Dak, I mean, does Dak have to kind of make a discussion or does Dak have to make a deep run this year? Kind of like I don't think they're capable of to get that long-term extension from the Cowboys, or do we just kind of see them just ponying up whatever he kind of says at the end of the year as long as it's healthy and just say, Dak, you're a QB. We've just been kind of playing playing hard to get but we love you here you go here's the money and be our QB of America's team for the next 10 years and don't bring us a Super Bowl I think they need to go ahead and hurry up and sign Dak to a long term deal I don't think he's the issue in Dallas I think like you just said it's been their play calling and coaching staff I mean Jason Garrett was a fucking idiot you just seen that with the Giants mm-hmm. you just seen him <laughs> the mm-hmm. coordinator of the Giants he's running Saquon Barkley on first down up the middle every time, just getting fucking stuffed. It never changed. He's an idiot. And then, like you said, let's say they're going to fire McC- – uh, they just fired Jason Garrett, Dallas, that is. And you're like, wow, man, maybe Dallas is, you know, heading in the right direction. And, and you know, they could – you know, they got fucking worse. You know, they, they, got, uh, they got McCarthy who, you know, couldn't – you know, do jack shit with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, he leaves Green Bay and what does Green Bay do? Oh, they go to the NFC Championship game. Coincidence. So... Instantly. So, I think they definitely need to sign Dak. I think Dak's their guy. They got the weapons for the future. Gallup, Zeke, uh, Mari Cooper just drafted uh, CD Lamb. So, go ahead and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, extend Zach, uh, Dak. He'll get it done for him. Hopefully they can, you know, make a deep run soon. But I definitely think it's worth it to re-sign Dak. Yeah, I probably was a little bit too hard on Dak. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he's definitely probably not the problem. Like, like we both said, it's definitely been coaching, play calling, all the above. I mean, and injuries last year was a big problem. They had a lot of injuries on the O-line and just in general. They have the talent to be a Super Bowl team. They just need to get it done. I mean... I, like we both said, I don't know if that's going to actually happen with that coaching, but maybe they can prove us wrong, and we'll see. But how are you feeling, Tavon? How are you, do you kind of think uh, Dak is going to get signed long-term or is he going to get dipped out? Oh, most definitely. I think the Cowboys should sign him long-term. It, are they going to? It depends on, obviously, how everybody feels. 
um, as far as like extending people because they already extended Ezekiel Elliott, and you know how long Ezekiel Elliott was basically fighting for that contract extension. That's they extended Amari Cooper. They extended Amari Cooper. I, I just feel as though like if they're going to extend Dak, they should have just did it this offseason instead of just waiting until the final moment and doing everything. It just doesn't make any sense. But if I'm the Cowboys, I'm extending Dak Prescott. I don't think it's nothing wrong with Dak Prescott how he plays. He obviously makes really good throws. He can basically lead your team in um in close games. He basically, I, I saw a stat um, even before the season, um, Dak Prescott leads the NFL besides from Mahomes, or I think he's like in the top three, and passes down the field over twenty five plus yards. And he's been he's a type of guy that can make big plays, can make big plays on his feet. He's a good um, red zone threat, especially as a quarterback. And he also can basically make plays um, with his arm as well. I, I think it's no other thing to basically prove him as a quarterback. I think he definitely deserves the extension for sure. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get paid by someone, whether it's the Cowboys or not. And it very likely will be the Cowboys. We'll, just, we'll see in the offseason. I mean, he's got to get signed now. Now or never for them. But who's going to win this game? Falcons, Cowboys. I mean, we'll just jump right, right back to you to Tavon. Who do you got? Despite how much people are Cowboys fan on my, on my side, and despite how much people is Cowboys fan on Mark's side, I got to go with them boys. Them boys definitely going to be in full effect, especially against the Matt Ryan Falcons. I feel as though the Cowboys is going to be completely um, sacking Matt Ryan this whole entire um, week, too, for sure. I don't think Matt Ryan even has a chance to throw the ball. How about you, Mark? Uh, I'm going to as well go Cowboys. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think the final score is going to be 42-35. to 35. Um, I think Dallas has the ball last, and they score a touchdown with like uh, 45 seconds left, and they win, end up winning the game. Uh, I do have a bold prediction, though. I think Julio Jones is going to have 200-plus receiving yards. Jesus Christ. Play him in fantasy, apparently. Plug and play. My Lord. <laughs> I mean, he's probably not going to score a touchdown there, right? Not a chance. 20 yards, no touchdowns. No, no shot. Of course not. Julio Jones special. Um, <laughs> but I mean, all right. I mean, for my prediction, I really want to take the Falcons here. I really do. I do. Just think this is a spot the Cowboys can't pass up to not win this game. They're already 0-1. They can't go 0-2. That division is shit, but going 0-2 is already tough enough to make the playoffs. It probably wouldn't put them in that big of a hole with how bad that division is. But I don't think they want to go 0-2, so I think you're going to get their best game. Falcons, they know that shit ain't going anywhere. They're not – they don't care. That's That train ain't going nowhere. So, Cowboys, I think they're going to take this as well. But I'm not sure on the score. It will be a high-scoring game. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to ready to see some fireworks in that empty stadium in, in Dallas where Jerry's making no money again. It's just funny to me. But all right. All right, everyone. That'll kind of do it for us today. Enjoy week two. Kind of had some really fun matchups ahead. You can expect an NFL episode like this dropping each Tuesday or Wednesday. This one's a little later, but we're going to get them out a little sooner each going week forward or each week going forward. Just kind of discuss the hot topics of the games going forward. Just we're going to kind of stick to the three primetime games, Thursday, Sunday, Monday, and then just kind of two other games that we see as the most kind of intriguing matchups. This episode, very likely, is going to be a breakdown of the two or the, the two uh, Eastern Conference Finals or the Western Conference Finals, the Eastern Conference Finals. These are the first three games in the Eastern, the first two of the Western, just kind of breaking down, seeing what each team can kind of do differently, 
needed to do differently to kind of just get back in a series or take a lead in a series, kind of see how the Nuggets do in game two. It's one Daryl Lakers right now, but we'll see how that goes. And just kind of appreciate you guys as always. Enjoy week two and the rest of the NBA uh, conference finals. And until next time, we're out of here. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at DeepZonePod for all your sports news. Take care. Thank mm-hmm. you.